Activate the time portal. Land before time land, land before time land. From the Cretaceous to the Jurassic, from the Great Green Valley to the Big Big Water. This land was made for time and land. Ah. Hello and welcome to Land Before Time Land, the show where we try to get rid of excessive addiction to horrible, horrible diseases, and we talk about dinosaurs. My name is Madeline May. Joining me, as always, is Chris Nebergall. Yep. And today, we have perhaps the specialist of guests, the greatest of all time. He is a podcast producer. He produced such uh, classic podcasts as Tales of the Liberty Flyer, uh, Tunes and Tumblers, yeah, uh, Fuckboy Book Club, Pasta Talkins, which was one of my favorite. I don't know if that's still running anymore. That's a deep cut. That's wow. a deep cut. And he has uh, just started <laughs> uh, producing the podcast for uh, Locust Review. He also does onset uh, sound as well. Basically, anything audio related, this is your guy. Ladies, gentlemen, and tiny sources. Drew Franzblau. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. No, so I, I want to paint a picture for your audience. Back in March, uh, Chris and Maddie came to me. They came, they came to my room because we're all roommates. And they asked me if I had something they could record a podcast on. So I gave them my, my old uh, Zoom recorder and I gave them some microphones. And I just, I was like, yeah, whatever, here. <laughs> and a couple of weeks later, I, I hear them talking about dinosaur lawyers and having to write sketches and how they're going to get sound effects. And I thought, what are they doing? And then uh, the first episode of the show came out. And now uh, I hear, here we are. <laughs> yeah, you you finally joined us for the tenth Land Before Time movie, the big one yeah. zero. And uh, yeah, honestly, this podcast probably wouldn't exist without Drew Franzblow. So, <laughs> uh, give him a hand, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, we we just added a sound effect of clapping for you. <laughs> there, there's not actually an audience in this room that would not comply with social distancing. I mean, we're probably not going to add an audience clap there, but we can pretend like we did. So, uh, Drew. I know that you have worked really hard to avoid watching any of these Land Before Time movies with us until this 10th one. <laughs> so Always leaving the room in a hurry always when we're watching Always trying to get out of it. But I still want you to answer this question. Yeah. What is your experience with the Land Before Time franchise? So the my earliest memory of Land Before Time is... Sometimes my mom would have the the family next door babysit us while she had to go out for some reason. And they, they had like two kids that were a little older than me and my sister. Like they were teenagers when we were like, you know, still like under 10 years old. Um, and we would, my mom would just take us next door and have that family like watch us for a couple hours. And on one of those occasions, they put on the movie Land Before Time on VHS. And I had never seen it before. And my biggest memory thinking back to it now is of how sad the first act was i don't think at least not that i can recall i had seen a movie that was that oppressively sad for <laughs> as, a, as a kid's movie where it's so his mom dies and then he's alone and he's lost and scared there's a lot of negative emotions in that first act of of and for time and I remember it really affecting me to the point. And, I, and the other thing I remember is what a relief it is 
when Littlefoot finally encounters someone who's friendly. Uh, I forget what the first dinosaur he meets is, the first friend dinosaur. I mean, it's Sarah? It's Yeah, it's Sarah. And Sarah can hardly be described as friendly. Well, yeah, but... He also meets that, that older dinosaur that gives him, like, a pep talk. Yeah, Rooter. Yeah. So that so that sad tone uh, that affected you so deeply from the first one. Yeah, they tried so very hard to expunge it from all the subsequent <laughs> films. That was the, that, that, that was a note they got from producers like uh, too sad. Make make us money, <laughs> and they yeah. money they must have because we just watched the tenth one of these movies yeah. from 2003. I mean, maybe my sister can correct me, but I don't think I've ever seen one of these sequels. None of the sequels. I don't sequels. think we ever watched. Any of them as children? Not yeah. even Chomper. What? Chomper, the little little T Rex dinosaur. No, I don't know who that is. Uh, oh, not even Chomper. God. I mean, I know. Shaking our heads. I know who Chomper is from you two ta- telling me about him. But you did. Did you know that there were sequels to Land Before Time? Um, I was vaguely aware that there were sequels to Land Before Time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I. You just uh, didn't watch any of them. No, I didn't. I had. I certainly had no idea that there are thirteen of them. Fourteen. Sorry, oh. can I? I was about well, to thirteen curse. Can I curse on this podcast. Yeah, or? yeah please fucking do. Oh, oh okay. yeah, this oh, is an adult okay. language podcast. <laughs> I didn't know that there were kids there movies. were. Yeah, we have fourteen. Ki- of yeah, them. <laughs> this movie is about. Yeah, this podcast is about uh, telling kids specifically how terrible these movies are, which is why we don't fucking the, swear on it's it. It's about yeah. telling kids what the F word is. Yeah. Yes. If you <laughs> are going to learn swears, we'd rather it be in a comfortable situation with a couple of uh, dropout uh, film majors. And um, we'd rather it be with podcasts that, you know, <laughs> besides, yeah, if a strange podcast comes up to you in a van and, and, and it offers, says explicit and, content explicit, and they offer you to be a part the of their podcasting here. community and they say, hey, why don't you join our uh, channel Awesome? Don't say uh, yes to that. Just walk away, get an adult. <laughs> that is podcast stranger danger. You will be deprived of water bottles um, <laughs> and revenue. So this movie that you just showed me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, so <laughs> jumping jumping in from your childhood memories of movie one yeah. to movie number 10 already. Yeah. What are, what are your impressions? It's really it almost feels unfair to compare this film to the first one, but the biggest difference I would say is that this movie, the first difference that stands out to me is that this movie has such a shitty first act. Yeah. This yeah. is where the it really cuz the whole first part of the film at least 20 30 minutes, I was just asking myself like why is any of this happening? It's there's a, it's a real no, slog to get there's through. There's yeah. no yeah. reason. Because what happens at the start? I mean, well, so, let's let's dive into what what's happening. At so the start. at the start of the movie, right? Uh, the start of Land Before Time ten, the Great Migration, not the Great Long Neck Migration. We yeah. are going by the title given to us in the movie. Yeah, the movie itself uh, says it's titled The Great Migration, but the DVD box calls it The Great Long Neck Migration. And we only trust original canon. Here on Land Before Time. Land. Well, the Great yeah. Long Neck Migration was their Italian title. It, it's, <laughs> it's like it's like when George Lucas decided that the first Indiana Jones was called Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark on all the box art for some reason. It's it's like a, that kind of situation. Uh, maybe they thought there was going to be a second migration movie, so they had to specify this one. I don't know why, because this first one was so fucking boring. But let's get right into it. Yeah, um, in Germany, it was actually released as a uh, Schnappy Four. 
<laughs> Nothing to do with Schnappies one through three. Great no, movies. No, no. Uh, fantastic films. Uh, but so at the start of the movie, the Littlefoot. Uh, do you want to? Sorry, I don't want to take your job away from you. Are you? Do you summarize the the? The... Do we summarize the space opening for the for the tenth time? <laughs> for the tenth time, I, I guess we could. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. There's a space opening. There's a space opening, and also there's an impl- implication of an eclipse. We see a little bit of that kind of happening in space, and that's important for what's going to happen in the future. Oh, that is true. Yeah. Uh, because, but then what happens is Littlefoot has dreams about. He basically has like a pink elephants on parade dream, but it's yeah. about long necks. Yeah, the, the the first space the space opening kind of blends into this trippy <laughs> dream sequence that Littlefoot is having, where all the long necks are like hovering in space and there's weird colors. And he has this strange like two thousand one a space odyssey kind of vision where he's staring into this eclipse that's happening and then the sun crashes into the earth and he wakes up. Yeah. Um there's a moment before this that's pretty funny where the narrator just like in the uh, eighth movie says, dinosaurs are just like us. They ate. <laughs> Good to know. They fought. <laughs> they played. And sometimes, perhaps, they even dreamed. But they're not called dreams in Land Before Time. Land, That's true. In the That's Land true. Before Time franchise. What are they called? Sleep stories. Sleep stories. <laughs> uh, Littlefoot. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Usually they, they're called sleep usually. stories. Yeah, usually. Sometimes they're called dreams, but mostly they're called sleep stories. Skywater makes rainbow faces. Oh, my God. God, why? Yeah, so, why yeah, do they have a you, word for rape? <laughs> that's a that's like three. You two movies have been ago. watching. We're still you, mad about seen, sequels. You've seen nine more of these than I have. Sure. And do the do the names of things get like how how much do they scratch the credulity of someone actually calling it these things? I think they remain just equally inconsistent throughout the film. It's yeah. not like there's a place where they get better or worse. It just always is. This is a part of the franchise. Because yeah. I've heard I've heard you two talk a lot about like big water, big water. I assume that's the ocean. That's the ocean. That's the ocean. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sky water. Earth shakes is like the classic one. That's from oh the right, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland did mention an earth shake in this film. It's the the Great Circle. Oh, by the way, Kiefer the Sutherland yeah. is in this film. Everybody. Oh yeah, Kiefer. But let's not. Well, let's, we, not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, but that's that's a little further. Uh, so at the beginning of the film, right. Littlefoot has an insane dream, probably because he was up eating like um, a hot tree stars. Yeah, all he was night. eating spicy tree stars he too was, close to bedtime. He was eating, yeah, a, a, yeah, a, a two week old grass that he was kept in the fridge <laughs> after like two in the morning. Uh, and he has this dream of the world ending, and um, runs to uh, runs to hang out with his friends who are uh, naturally eating. And uh, and this weird scene w- happens where Littlefoot is discussing his dreams with uh, with Sarah and company. And Sarah is like, Three horns never have sleep stories. They're for babies. They're all just full of dumb stuff that could never happen. Sleep stories are for babies. Three horns don't have sleep stories. Which is a, it's just a really weird way of saying I'm too stupid to have dreams. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> like I'm just I'm just I can't have them. I have no brain matter. I've never had REM sleep in my life. I've never slept. No. I'm an insomniac. Yeah, sleeping is for babies. Yeah. Only only little babies do it. 
That's how I knew I was an adult when I stopped having dreams. And then Littlefoot goads Sarah into getting a concussion. Yeah, like says, "Hey, I'm gonna. You're gonna. I bet you can't knock your head into this rock." And she's like, "You're not my dad," and does it. And <laughs> Littlefoot like is somehow surprised that she like got her uh, cranium split. He even open. says, "I didn't mean for her to hurt her head like that." What did you think would happen? Exactly. Yeah, Littlefoot's like, "Well, in my dream, you smashed a rock right open with your head." But I guess if dreams are stupid, you can't really do that. In my sleep story last night, I saw you butt your head against this tall rock, and it split right in half. Really? I did that? Yeah, but like you said, sleep stories are dumb. Something like that could never really happen. Oh, now wait! And that causes her to do that and just hit her head. I mean, Sarah really needs to get her shit together. (laughs) <laughs> but this, of course, has nothing to do with the relationship of Littlefoot and Sarah throughout the rest of the film, which no, is immediately no. dropped. No, it's it's just a, a, a hilarious joke. I also want to point out for people keeping track at home, this is at least the third the third movie. I'm probably forgetting another example where the whole plot revolves around Littlefoot seeing something and nobody believing him. Yeah, like this is like the majority of plots in Land Before Time is Littlefoot's like, oh, I saw something weird. People are like, oh, well, you're weird. And then the thing happens. <laughs> yeah. It's first it was the, the the meteor, then it was snow, and now it's um uh, apocalyptic was, nightmares. The dolphin guy. Nobody believed him about the dolphin guy either. Yeah, nobody believed him about the dolphin either. It's like that's wait, there's a dolphin? Yeah, in the, the ninth one. In the ninth one. But, okay, yeah. And I'm sure there's more examples that we're yeah, just forgetting. Um, it makes a cameo in this film. Yes, very brief uh, cameo. Uh, during um, one of the songs, um, they I think they do like a, don't they do a dream song or am I misremembering? There is, the first song is, uh, no, the first song is the adventure song. That's right, song. the adventure yeah, song. Yeah, the adventuring song. We'll, we'll get there in a minute. There is this part where they're kind of talking about the kind of dreams they have and Petrie's like, I dream that I can fly or whatever. <laughs> and wouldn't you dream that you couldn't fly? I guess. Um, and then someone's like, "Well, I bet I know what Spike dreams of because because he always eats." That would be funny if they like went into Spike's dream and it was just like a recreation of Funny Games. Going. <laughs> <laughs> so Littlefoot, Littlefoot goes back to his grandpa, and the, that next night he can't sleep either. He wakes up. He's restless. And Grandpa's like, oh, Littlefoot, I was just watching you sleep because I can't sleep either. And they have a conversation about why they both can't sleep because apparently they've been having the same dream. Yeah, they, they, they know they need to go somewhere, but they don't know where they need to go. They just know they need to go. So, so Chris, this is based off what I think a lot of us kind of think happens with animals when they migrate. They just get like some kind of natural, mystical impulse to just travel somewhere. Is that how it works? There are certain animals that have strong instinctive drives to migrate and we don't exactly know how they find their way where they're going. Like uh, birds, some birds have that. And uh, for instance, salmon. We don't really know how salmon make it back to the stream they were born in um, to reproduce. It just it just happens. That's one of those things where there's, there's some kind of process going on uh, in their many layers of, of genetic ancestry that we just don't understand yet. So to us, it obviously appears mystical but there's there's just some kind of explanation going on that we don't know so that is basically what's what's happening here except the, the explanation is that the sun's gonna explode because they see that in yeah. their dreams <laughs> yeah That's, so they're it, like yeah, which given yeah. extremely magical prophetic quality yeah but it's also like is... <laughs> no but we'll get to kind of why that is it's both magical and like 
nothing at the same time. Yeah. That's true. Because Littlefoot is dreaming that the world is going to end and that, that basically the sun is going to collide with the earth. Yes. But, but he's excited because he sees migration as an adventure, which is why he sings this adventure song. It's called adventuring. Adventuring. Yeah. He's an adventure, adventure near, and he is adventuring. I'm going to go adventuring. Adventuring? Adventuring? I'm going to go adventuring, and who knows what I'll find. I, I liked that song because... It's a catchy song. Uh, what stabbed me about it was that it's this happy song about adventuring. That it's a, There's a presumption that this is good and happy, but they only talk about bad stuff that's going to happen to you when you adventure. Will there be ugly, bugly things? Will ickly, tickly, prickly wings? A trumpet bites a bat that stings? You never know. Yeah, it's like Littlefoot is singing about how fun he's going to have on the adventure and all of his friends are like, but what if this horrible thing happens to you? You know, what if what if there's a horrible monster that eats you that, that looks like this and but they like, conjure up all these but monsters like in, in the song, imagination? In the song, Littlefoot agrees. He does. That it, all those yeah. things are totally going to happen, but it's going to be great. Oh boy, I hope there's dragons where I'm going. I'm going to be king of the Longnecks. <laughs> Hundreds of dangers await, and I don't plan to miss one. (laughs) What's that from? That is from Pocahontas. Oh my god! I don't know how I know that. There's, there's fucking canceled. Just according to this song, there's no upside to adventuring, but but it's still a cool thing that you should want to do. And at the end of the song, they're like, "All right, you've convinced us. We want to go with you." And then the next scene is literally them going, "Bye, little foot." (laughs) Really sucks. We can't go with you. And then they go with him because they're the kids and they're they run away from their parents. Yeah, they're like, oh, wait, of course. We could have just done that. <laughs> the thing we why, always do. Yeah, why did we wait so long to figure yeah, we that out? We don't obey rules. We just, we just go. We had to wait long enough uh, so that we would be separated on our adventure and have our own subplot going on. Everything that's going on, too, is surrounded by, like, some of the weirdest, like, 3D shit I've ever seen. That's true. Really? Yeah. They they could not do that right in the in the early and mid 2000s that that 2d 3d integrated animation it, it just never worked good I, they I, got way into the 3d landscapes and the swooping camera yeah moves. there's so much 3d camera i thought we were looking at like an old nintendo 64 platformer yeah where it just keeps getting stuck behind a mountain or something yeah we get a little shot of um little foot and his grandparents migrating and it's just as boring as we predicted it would be i don't know what adventure is going to happen as you're just walking in one direction. This one is really boring and full of lengthy, belabored conversations. That's true. There's like once Littlefoot and and his grandparents leave, there's like three times where they go from from the other kids back to Littlefoot and he's just asking his grandpa like, <laughs> so is it true that all the longnecks had the same dream? Grandma, in your sleep stories, did you see scary things? Do you think all Longnecks got the same feeling? Will they all be wherever it is we're going? You think there are others who've seen that story in their sleep? Where are we going? Are we there yet? Will we know where we are when we get there? Yes, Littlefoot, we all had the same dream. But did we really all have the same dream? Wow, even her? Even him? (laughs) (laughs) What about Erica? It ate everybody. We've talked a lot on the show about how this franchise has a tendency to 
pad out scenes to try and get to that theatrical runtime. But I'm not kidding. This is the absolute worst example that we've seen so far. Scenes last forever and also go nowhere. It's true. It's so like <laughs> it's almost at the level of like like a family guy joke where I'm really like expecting like grandpa to be like ladies and gentlemen uh conway dinosaur and then just 20 minutes of a random person just playing music it's so <laughs> boring inconsequential there's, there's one that does turn into a family guy joke though where like the kids are are standing on a on a, a rock trying to hop their way across a lake and there's an alligator like posing as a log as they do waiting to eat them and the kids have a conversation about whether or not they should jump on that log that goes on so long that the alligator just gets frustrated and attacks them that one is farther away so you might not make it you would step in the icky goo again, and that is bad. But if she slip on close ones, she may be falling all the way, and that'd be worser. Me think she can get to farther one. She could jump her. I am not saying she is not. But what about if that rock is as icky and slimy as this one? <gasps> I no think of that. You have to think of everything when you are in an icky, gooey place like this. Oh my god, like I was... I related so much to this crocodile it's true crocodile alligator whatever it is i was like please just eat them because this is the same crocodile that had earlier already tried to eat littlefoot yes this is the a reoccurring uh antagonist and by reoccurring i mean exactly these two scenes (laughs) yes and when he is about to attack littlefoot they get stomped on like crushed like Bambi meets Godzilla style <laughs> yeah. by a a giant long neck, like bigger than grandpa and grandma. Yeah, this alligator gets straight up just just squished, like stepped on in the face. Like violent. <laughs> like it was, whoa. Yeah, held underwater More, to this, drown if thought not. This was rated dead. G for everyone. By Sue, the Supersaurus, who's one and oh, only. Oh, is that really what they're called? Yeah. There's a dinosaur called the Supersaurus. Yeah, they they found what they got to a point where they started finding a new like giant sauropod every few years, and they would mm-hmm. just name it something like Supersaurus, Ultrasaurus, you know, Monstersaurus. Like her name is Sue, and her her exact one thing, her one character trait, is that she's the biggest long neck around, and she likes tall guys, and she's sad that she can't find one that's taller than her. Tail is all this time. And that's it. That's the only thing it's that true. her character has. She's tall. a giant woman. She's a giant woman. Yes, that's all I want to be. It's a giant woman. <laughs> and she steps on that alligator. Which was probably the greatest moment of that alligator's <laughs> life. I was extremely jealous. Yeah, it awakened something in that alligator he didn't realize. That's why when he, he actually lives through it, even though like Sue makes a very morbid joke. What's the point of having big feet if you don't step on bad guys every now and then? About how, like, well, what's the use of being big if you can't kill or something? <laughs> if you can't step on the bad guys. Yeah, or something so like often. that, which was great. And Crocodile, like, got up and was like, I love you. <laughs> thank you, ma'am. <laughs> I'll take, thank, thank you, miss. I will follow you to the ends of the earth. <laughs> so that's fun. That happens. After this, we cut to Sarah having her first ever sleep story. And wouldn't oh, yes. you know it? It's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> what is the nightmare? 
The nightmare is that Littlefoot is like being praised by the rest of the Great Valley and she isn't. <laughs> and that's the entirety of the nightmare. It's just like people are literally like, oh, you're so cool, Littlefoot. We love you. And like even her dad is like cheering Littlefoot. Dad? Littlefoot. Littlefoot. Something he has never done for any of his children. Yeah. And she like goes, no. And like wakes up <laughs> and is like, all right, we're going right now to stop Littlefoot from having an adventure. <laughs> He's not going to be happy while I'm still alive. That's literally her motivation. Yes. It's so funny. <laughs> Sarah is the absolute worst. Yeah, she, she wakes up all the other yeah. dinosaurs and isn't she saying, like, we got to find out what those long necks are up to. Yes. Or something like that. Yeah. And it's, it's equally belabored every single friend has to be woken up in in their own individual scene oh yeah this is like a, an hour long <laughs> moment of them just it trying really to wake feels up. that way yeah it just goes on so they go and, on and their the own is, it's adventure. going where you know it's you already know it's going which it's, is that they're yeah. all gonna go on and so they they go on their own adventure subplot which is running parallel to littlefoot's adventure subplot which is basically them just being at the same locations as littlefoot just like 10 minutes later yeah and do the exact same thing as Littlefoot did, just you know, a, little, a tiny bit later. Um, it's true. And we meet numerous other longnecks along this adventure because our heroes keep picking up new longneck friends that have all had the same dream and are all journeying toward the same. And yeah, but, but we're and not. We know we're not that because yeah. Grandma keeps reminding Littlefoot. They all ha really have the same dream, Grandma. <laughs> well, Littlefoot, yes, it Littlefoot, they did. We all had the same dream. That's why we're migrating. <laughs> Littlefoot is the audience enter because I too am wondering. Wait a minute, <laughs> did all of these longnecks have the same dream? Yes, Maddie, they did actually. They all had the same dream. The did same you dream. dream about the sun at the end? Yeah. Yes, they all had the same dream. But was it scary? Well, we dreamed the sun was crashing into the earth, and that meant that we had to go to a special place. Did Sue have the same dream? Yes. Yeah. All the longnecks had the same dream. Did Grandma have the same dream? Yes. Yeah, as we, we previously explained, yes. Did Grandma have the same dream? <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I mean so our, our other friends uh, pick up a long neck buddy. Uh, are we are we to that point yet? Probably the redneck one. Let's say we are. Okay. Sarah uh, and and friends were following Littlefoot, uh, stupidly not really knowing where he's going or why or why. They have their little scene with the alligator that we talked about where it's just a joke about how, how long they take to make decisions. And then uh, they end up sleeping in the shadow of a rock, which uh, is, you know, kind of blurred out and and not really uh focused on and amorphous i wonder what it could be and it's a sharp tooth in the morning and it chases them and they're rescued from the sharp tooth by a uh, what can best be described as an old prospector long neck then i'll just be moseying along happy trails to you yeah. Na named Pat. Yeah, named Pat. Pat. He's like, Pat. well, how you doing? Uh, anything I can help you with before I mosey on over? And they're like, and he actually, actually says like mosey and stuff. Yeah, he <laughs> does. He does. <laughs> We're not exaggerating. He's even got like the cartoon redneck like lone tooth sticking out of he's his mouth. He's got one tooth sticking out. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a he's a withered old uh, uh, leathery long neck. He comes from whatever there. frontier town the lone dinosaur. Uh, oh yeah, through. you think he knows the lone dinosaur? Probably. We were 
I know that lone dinosaur anyway. Oddly <laughs> enough, <laughs> even though this is a movie about long necks assembling, we do not see any previous long neck characters. We don't see the lone dinosaur or Allie or any of the. I was the surprised we didn't see Allie. I thought that was a shoe in for sure. Mm-hmm. For those who don't remember, Allie is the is Ladyfoot uh, from number four. <laughs> Who looks exactly like Littlefoot, I, but I with think eyelashes. I, I think I walked th- through the living room when you were watching that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, go back and listen to episode four uh, to find out how stupid that one is. So Pat the Redneck Dinosaur uh, explains what's going on to Littlefoot's friends. Oh, yeah, and, and this is this is, this is is madness. It's utter madness. So he tells this long neck, I guess it's like a folk tale or a myth, uh, mythological kind of tale uh, in long neck culture. A long time ago... The sun, or sorry, the sky circle. No, the the great the great circle. The great circle. And then the the, night the moon circle. is the night circle. The night circle. The night circle got jealous of the sky circle, and decided to throw the sky circle out of the sky and hurl it to Earth. But all the long necks got together and stretched out their necks and and caught the great circle. Yeah, and pushed the, it back into the sky. Yeah, the ending of Majora's Mask happens. Yeah, and the long necks <laughs> are the four giants just. Pushing the moon back up, and this is this is the myth that all long necks believe that their migration is and their dreams are somehow tied to. At this point, if you're not the intended audience of this franchise, like we are, you've figured out that oh, it's an eclipse. They're like afraid of eclipses because they're like dumb, primitive. They can whatever, somehow dinosaurs. sense that an eclipse is coming, and, and they think they have to be they, there yeah. to protect it. Which is still like weird that like they would be able to sense. Well, yeah, it's not just like a cultural thing. It's like long necks who don't even know what's going on, like feel this urge to migrate as if it's like their breeding grounds or something. And they have these weird dreams that they all have at once. So it's literally like something magic is going on. Well, at, wait, wait, maybe I can explain it. Okay. Not magic. You know, because like how like the oceans are affected by like the tides of the moon and the phases of the moon. Yeah. Do you think maybe the long necks are kind of affected in in that way by the eclipse? Oh, like like how cows know when the earthquake's about to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It must be. It must be that. Uh, jot this down, paleontologists uh, <laughs> who are now fans of our show. It turns out that sauropod behavior was influenced by. Uh, magical dreams that they all had that were beamed into their mind by the forthcoming eclipse. Add that to your text. Well, like maybe like how the moon is like rumbling around, it kind of affects the, you know, because like the biggest ocean or one of the biggest oceans on the planet. One of the biggest big oceans. One of the biggest big water is the water inside of us because we are mostly water. That's true. There is another ocean on the planet. Given that our blood is just like the Atlantic, and how I, I think it's I think it, you know what I, I think I blame the rainbow faces. Um, I think I think the rainbow faces are responsible yeah. The rainbow faces are probably this. just doing another prank show. They're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. dude, we're gonna just like beam out these like nasty ass dreams of these long necks. <laughs> totally gonna screw them over. They're what, gonna be wh- so they're gonna be so like toasted. What if what if like it's a total failure to communicate? It's 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 no. Like, I don't uh, think they want to do anything nice to the dinosaurs. I think the aliens really just wanted like fuck aliens? with them from the seventh movie. Did we not tell you about that? No. They're alien dinosaurs in this franchise. In the okay. seventh movie, it's revealed at the very end that two of these dinosaurs are actually aliens, and I am not making that oh, up. Oh, that's why you were both shouting about aliens like a couple weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. They, we now. literally see them get beamed up into their spaceship. 
You cannot make this up. Okay. You can't. No, what, what I was thinking, hearing all this from Pat, the, the big long neck, was like, oh, the long necks are going to this place to die, to kill themselves. Because yes. this, oh, 100%. Is, Jonestown. this is Jonestown. Yeah, this is Waco. This is David Koresh. And they are going to go to this place so that a meteor can fall on them and they can all die. Well, my my <laughs> yeah. one question about this cult theory, though, is that there isn't a cult leader. There's no single force telling them to do it except for this eclipse. Like, shouldn't there be like some crazy religious dinosaur like telling them to do all of these things? Well, no, because this is this is long neck cult propaganda. Oh, so this was made to show other long necks in the dinosaur times. Yes, that's it. On video. And the thing too is like a lot of this movie has like a weird some of the songs, especially later on uh, have a kind of like morbid feel to them there's there's mm-hmm. something uh there's something very sinister especially um well i don't know we probably don't want to skip around too much yeah we we don't want to we don't want to spoil the final song because there's a big twist we have not yet revealed oh yeah if, if, oh, it, if it seems like we're we're kind of skipping around it really doesn't matter for this particular one yeah a lot of it is so boring even by this this franchise's standards right. so they're traveling um we see they all stop and they're like, oh, Littlefoot, why don't you go up and, and see what's going on? And he goes through the um, tree sliding scenes from Tarzan. And yeah, yeah. it there. literally looks just like Tarzan 1999, like he's running up these these branches. And then it, it imitates the, the Hobbit where like he's the little one. So they put him on the top of the tree to look out of the forest to see how close they are to the Lonely Mountain. And when they get there, they find dun da 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 Another great valley. Yeah, it's a, it's literally just like another big crater shaped valley uh, full of long necks. It's, it's like, true, yeah. It's like the it's the West Coast Great Valley. It's <laughs> the um, it's it's the it's the Starbucks across the street from the other Starbucks. <laughs> it's the one. It's the, the 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 version of Epcot that Michael Eisner wanted to build at the Queen Mary. Yes. Um, so they go into the other Great Valley, which is not given a name. It's just the the place. Well, Littlefoot Littlefoot says it's a big hole. Yeah, it's like a giant meteor crater. It looks like an Gorongoro crater or something. And that was what I thought. I was like, oh, the the long necks have come to ground zero of where the crater that kills all dinosaurs <laughs> is is coming. Oh yeah, it, I thought they were going to die. They want to be the first to die. Like they want to. This is like how the Branch Davidians thought that like they were going to go in a spaceship or something. Like no, no, this is the meteor is going to hit you and you're going to die. Every sixty five million years. All the pylons in the land of the lost activate and pull a meteor to this exact spot, and and it's time. What 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 confirms that theory is that when they get to that the second great valley, it's completely empty, which is strange because it's just full of like green plants and water, and this environment that we've been told time and time again is desolate and barren. So th- that would imply to me that the original inhabitants of Great Valley 2 suddenly disappeared yeah. or are no longer there anymore. Yeah, they got raptured. Or, or it's because dinosaurs that are not in this long neck cult know to just stay away exactly. from this death place. <laughs> That's yeah. what I was thinking too, yeah. <laughs> they have that, that actual sense that tells them, oh, if we stay here, we are going to die. <laughs> so uh, whilst frolicking... And boy, does, does Littlefoot frolic. And boy, no, does he frolic. No one frolics like Littlefoot. Whilst frolicking, he runs into a little asshole bully, uh, green long neck kid. <laughs> Watch where you're going, clumsy. Uh, yeah, um, uh, uh, Hulk foot. 
Hulkfoot, who has a dad who comes and reprimands him for being a dick to Littlefoot. And it turns out that this character is... Littlefoot, this is your father. (gasps) Ah! Who has Ah! never been mentioned Uh. or pined after before. But he's alive, and here he is. So two things happen here. One, holy shit, it's Littlefoot's father. Two, all of a sudden... Littlefoot gives a shit about having a father. (laughs) He has never, literally, I don't believe the concept of Littlefoot's father has ever been so much as mentioned. Never mentioned before, never thought about, never talked about, nothing. It's not not a a thing. It's not a thing in this franchise. What I recall from the first film as as a child was like not really questioning because Littlefoot is a dinosaur. They don't meet their dads. Yeah. He's just with his mother. So like it never occurred to me even that that Littlefoot would. I mean, I guess Sarah has a dad. And, and, and not a mom, weirdly enough. Really? Yeah, oh. there's no little there's no Sarah's mom character. Well, she gets a mom later because Mr. Threehorn remarries. But that's that's after this movie. <laughs> we only know about that because the TV show. Yeah, we don't. We oh, seen, oh we wow. OK. We haven't yeah. seen that happen in the movies yet. Although I, I do want to say that I, I did feel like this was one of. The higher points of this film, I mean, for a kid's movie, it deals with the subject in a way that's a little bit emotionally interesting. Like, I don't know. No, I think you're right. Like, Like, Littlefoot. This is an ambitious movie emotionally. It's trying to actually cut deep into the characters a little more than your average Land Before Time romp. That's true. And I do think that it it succeeds a little bit. Obviously, I mean, my only point of reference being the first film, it doesn't even come close. But uh, having this little drama with Littlefoot and his dad, uh, who is voiced by Kiefer Sutherland. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't even mention that. Oh, Um, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Well, I mentioned it because when I first heard the voice, I remember thinking, this has to be a celebrity because he doesn't sound like a voice actor. No, you know, exactly. Every other every other person in the movie is doing some kind of a cartoon voice. And then you just get a guy just talking like, hi, Littlefoot. Hi, I'm a dinosaur. How you doing? It's like this guy's not a voice actor. dad, Littlefoot. (laughs) No kidding. That's funny. They called me Littlefoot when I was young. Oh my God! They, they must it's have got my something. son, Littlefoot. I'm your and, dad. And then there's, there's also the the drama where because because the 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 little asshole dinosaur that that bullied Littlefoot is kind of his dad's adoptive adopted son. son yeah. Uh, because because when Bron, that's the dad's name, uh, he couldn't find Littlefoot he found he while he was searching he found other baby long necks and he had to take care of them and then this kid was one of them yeah it could have been uh they couldn't have made it a more you know emotionally interesting story about Bron being a deadbeat dad who abandoned Littlefoot and then regretted it or anything no he just like magically got separated from Littlefoot by some kind of earth shake and spent the rest of his life looking for him. Yeah, no no conflict. It's immediately resolved. Yeah, it's just like, oh, great. I love you. It, it, well, it, I mean, you know, Bron, like, he he, he has an excuse for, for not looking quite as hard as he did. I mean, he finds these other... He he explains, no, like, no, he, that's, became, that's what's, he became the leader of a, of a herd, and he had to, uh, you know... And, well, that's what's... That, and that's the problem with the story, is yeah. that it's, like, too respectable. Like, 
everyone forgives each other at the end. It's that boring. is something that I think is un- it makes it uninteresting. Is, yeah, is that there the conflict between Braun and Littlefoot is just resolved really quickly and easily, and it's just not an issue. And yeah. it go- and it goes immediately into the the fucking dad song. It's nice to have a dad that you can be with. Ah. To share a part of each and every day. Who you can talk and joke and play and eat a tree with. Who wants to hear the things you have to say. Uh, it's, it's, Isn't uh, it great to have a dad? That's true. <laughs> it's nice to have a dad. It's which just, is just yeah, very it's a, funny. It's just a dad's rock song. And, and Kiefer rock. Sutherland doesn't sing in it at all. That's true. It's literally just Littlefoot singing. Yeah, so wasted like, nope, opportunity. We don't want to have They could not get Kiefer Sutherland to sing Wasted for this opportunity. Uh, the song is also notable for me for uh, sounding exactly like You Got a Friend in Me. That's from true. The Toy Story movie, like identical songs. Yeah, that's true. A lot of song stealing in this one. So this all happens and we find that um, Greenfoot is jealous. Uh, Greenfoot's name, by the way, is Shorty. Shorty. Which is uh, hilarious to me. Yeah. Shorty um, is sad. Shorty got down, you could even say. And Littlefoot Shorty's goes- Shorty's got low. Yeah. No, Shorty you get feel- down. Yeah, he feels low. Yo, so yeah, Littlefoot was hollering for Shorty, and <laughs> hi. If this is the first Land Before Time Land podcast you're listening to, let us know what you think in the comments. We're a little off today. <laughs> uh... Please tell your friends to listen to Land Before Time Land. Greenfoot is jealous because he doesn't see himself as you know the son because he's like step son and he's like oh this is Littlefoot Littlefoot is Bronn and he tells Littlefoot I am you know just mad like he just is just really rude to Littlefoot and Littlefoot's like hey you know he's my dad and like it's a really mean thing for Littlefoot to say honestly yeah and he likes me better oh yeah well he's my dad and. Greenfoot just like starts hitting him with rocks. It's yeah, true. Greenfoot. Ron had found a bunch of baby long necks, and Greenfoot was one of them. I should just call him Shorty. And um, <laughs> all of them got adopted by other long neck families except Shorty. And now that Littlefoot's around, Shorty feels very abandoned and like no one's ever going to love him. And be fair, like Shorty is also like really rude and mean. It's implied that <laughs> it's implied that that's because he had a hard life. Like he was abandoned by his family or something happened to his family so we understand why shorty is so angry all the time but he's still like a dick yeah (laughs) yeah no that's that's funny because the first time when when this was being explained in the movie i was like is i thought oh is Bron trying to say that shorty didn't get adopted because he's a little asshole (laughs) or is it I, I guess the causality goes the other way, though. But he kind of gets adopted by Braun, I guess. That's the thing. Obviously, Braun is his dad, and yeah. and I, I mean, you know, the 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 conflict as it's set up is kind of interesting, at least for a children's movie, where it's like Shorty feels like Littlefoot is replacing him. Littlefoot doesn't get why Shorty's so mad because he's trying to get to know his father it's honestly like, like in a, a complex like 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 dramatic situation for a children's film they just resolve it in a boring very very lazy way yeah it's resolved yeah. like a couple scenes later they have a song it's... about have, having a dad and then they kind of forget about the shorty thing well shorty is being an asshole to littlefoot in like two interactions in a row and then the third interaction is shorty running away because he's like i oh, nobody's ever gonna love me and Littlefoot like has a two sentence conversation with him where he's like, well, you know, we could be brothers. 
and that's it. It's like, like, oh yay, happily ever after. It's like brothers. And because I've never the writers of that. Because the writers of this of this franchise, they know that they need to have conflict at this point in the movie, but they don't want to write emotional conflict because that's hard. The instant this emotional conflict is resolved, a bunch of fucking sharp teeth show up. You might have noticed. Um, bro- brothers, yeah. you mean like... That's what we dinosaurs call uh, father sharers? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it so much. I hate it so much. During this um, sharp tooth encounter, Littlefoot's friends are there, and they magically get there at the they, same they time. They magically well, get there sharp, at the same sharp time. Sharp teeth are just like helicopters in a Michael Bay movie. They're like really, really quiet until they're fifteen feet away from you, and then they're very loud. Yeah. <laughs> also, you may have noticed that we have skipped over um, parts of this movie that have Littlefoot's friends and Pat. Um, going on their own adventure because these scenes are boring and nothing. That's happens. true. So let's I go. Yes. Yeah, so let's forget. Let's pretend like I, they didn't even exist because the movie, you know. And <laughs> but yeah, Littlefoot's friends and Pat have some kind of adventure. Where Pat hurts his foot. And... That is the one thing he gets his foot uh, burned by lava, which is pretty hardcore, and he gets like a big old, big early scar. Yeah. There is a lot of of violence against dinosaurs in this dinosaur children's film. I have to say, like mm-hmm. I, I was honestly shocked at the level and. Actually, in the the scene we're getting to now, where the 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 sharp teeth attack, it honestly leads to a pretty brutal fight between the sharp teeth and then the brawn and grandma and grandpa getting in on this too. Yeah, there's kind of an Avengers team up moment where where all of this movie's long neck characters like come together to fight the sharp tooth. Except for Sue, the Except biggest for Sue, one, the biggest one who, of all. Who? Well, she's busy canoodling with her even bigger boyfriend. Oh, yeah. That's true. Because when cr- she arrives. At the 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 second Great Valley, Great Great Valley West, it, she she runs into an even bigger dinosaur, which is than what her. she's always wanted. It, I it's just a great feeling when a sub meets their dog. And it's I guess so yeah, beautiful. she was just making googly eyes at this huge dinosaur. Ah, oh, sit on me. And she couldn't she couldn't help when the sharp teeth. Attacked. Yeah, they were too busy fucking. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> this fight happens between the the sharp teeth and the long neck. And it's like it's like Peter Jackson's King Kong. There are three sharp teeth. And it goes it goes on for a while, and it's really they're they're hitting each other. They're throwing rocks. There's a great moment where you know they do all their standard stuff. They push rocks onto the sharp teeth from a cliff. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. There's a scene where they push a sharp tooth, and it sort of rolls down the cliff and like smashes into this big rock, and the dust clears, and it's just lying there dead, and the long neck that pushed it off just like gets the biggest grin on on his face <laughs> like fuck yeah killed you yeah this goofy smile he's i did <laughs> uh like sue long necks have the bloodlust and of course they love to team, kill uh wakes up like a minute later it's okay kids he's he's hung on and made it well the long necks they kind of win but mostly what it is is that it happens. The dream. Yeah, the dream begins. Fulfilled. And, and then there, there's no time to fight sharp teeth because the moment of ascendance has come. The, this rapturous yeah, they are fulfillment to, of the prophecy. They are going to ride the meteor back to heaven. Exactly. The, the, the sky darkens and a purple pall is cast over the world. And there's there's like a big a swirling. swirling cloud yeah. and lightning. So... It's like, like someone, so this okay. green, this green, like green, like light comes out, like 
fucking Ghostbusters. Yeah, and so as I was saying, it's very apocalyptic. It is honestly like not at all like a regular eclipse and all these dinosaurs just attribute special meaning to it. It is literally like Gozer is opening up the portal or something. Like <laughs> all this crazy cosmic stuff is happening above their heads. It freaks the sharp teeth out and they run away. And all of the long necks gather on the rim of the valley and extend their necks and kind of strain their necks as if to hold up the sun. And then the eclipse ends and all the weird stuff goes away and the long necks all consider themselves to have saved the world. Yeah, well, and, like, but, rocks are falling from yeah, the sky. Like, like, there are, are meteors falling. coming down. Lightning is striking. Everything is really weird, like like Cthulhu is about to appear on Earth. But at the same time, like when it's all over, we see that like the Longnecks did nothing. Like it was just yeah. a normal eclipse. Yeah, they they just think they did something. Uh, like like handing a toddler a, a, a controller while you're really playing the yeah, game. Yeah, the thing that's the thing is, I couldn't it. I couldn't decide when I was watching it. Did they actually do something or not? Because like I do remember because I've listened to the show. There's the movie. The Stone of Cold Fire. The alien one, yeah. Okay, so like, the Stone of Cold Fire is just a meteor that fell. Yes, right. right. And the dinosaurs want it because they think it's magic. But it's not. But it's just a rock that fell from space. Yeah. But like, in this movie, did they actually, because it's like, they all think that they did something important, but it's like, are they just dumb dinosaurs? (laughs) It's it's, it's like, it can't be that same plot of, of like, oh, it's up for interpretation. Do you have faith or don't you? Because it's clearly magic. Like, whatever's going on is really some kind there of bizarre cosmic. There was something pretty psychedelic that went, that went down. Which, again, what I'm saying is, like, this is what cults believe happens when they do a suicide pact. They, yeah. They're like, look, you're just passing a threshold. You wait, and then the, the, the sun is going to fall on us but we're not going to die. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be okay. We're going to be inside the sun in the other world. And it's obviously like that what they did did nothing because like we don't see any kind of reaction from them. It's not like their life force comes out of their bodies and like and, stop. And you know, it's just nothing happens. The, the, the eclipse is over. And crucially, we don't see the sun ever get closer to them. No. Yeah, no. It's, it's just a regular eclipse. But surrounded by all of this bizarre cosmic like window dressing, and also like, like all of the yeah, all the long necks just have their eyes closed too, so like no one actually sees that nothing happens. Yeah, plausible deniability. Yep. Like I wasn't the one who failed to lift the sun. I mean, even Littlefoot's like stupid friends, are like oh, I can't believe long necks saved the world. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. Long necks saved the world. This is gonna kill my dad. And then the movie's over. No, it's not. Chris, don't lie. Uh, It's not over. There's another song about um, friendship. This was the most uh, morbid song of them all, I have to say. This song made me think of a funeral. Sometimes friends have to leave. It's very sad, but true. But this me do believe. Friends still a part of you. It was a bit of a funeral march. If, if I didn't know that there were four more after this, this song almost implies that this is the last Land Before Time movie because Littlefoot, Littlefoot's friends sing a song to him about how it's okay for like him to leave and go live with his dad. And we will always be Just around the bend, we're very, very 
Yeah, it's, it's about how they will be they will be friends no matter what, even if they can't be with him anymore. And it's like, oh, is this the last? Is this was this and, supposed to be the last one? It, there's even a part of the song where they're like, wherever your journey ends, which just makes me you think of death. <laughs> yeah. What did I say to you guys when the song was playing? I. <laughs> I said, this is the song that plays if you die at a Trump rally. (laughs) 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 It's so true. This is what this is. If you if you just like have a heat stroke at one of those fucking rallies, you and you 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 the light shines in your eyes. You'll hear this song in the back of your head, and then and then uh, I I could have fucked Mary Tyler Moore if I'd wanted to. <laughs> and then like yeah, and then the it's over <laughs> the, the balloon. <laughs> it's over the balloons come down, then over the PA just you down a friend. Um. So after this big heartfelt song and a, and a teary-eyed goodbye, Littlefoot changes his mind and is like, "Actually, Dad, I'm gonna go live with my friends." Yeah. Bye. Oh yeah. All this was because, like, I guess that was a conflict of like, will he go with his dad or will he stay with Grandma and Grandpa? No, I knew that they were gonna get the dad out of the picture somehow. <laughs> yeah. I, I I was actually thinking during the sharp teeth fight, I was like, is is Bron gonna die? I was thinking that too. Like, do they, they have the balls to like, repeat the death of the mother? I was like, do they have to get him out of the picture because he's not coming back. Because Kiefer Sutherland's not coming back. No, I mean they'll just get some sound alike that doesn't sound anything <laughs> alike. Him. They, but who, who does? I guess get invited back is 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 fucking Pat the Prospector. Yeah, is now in the Great Valley. We'll see how true that is in movie eleven. So if he really sticks around. If, but you're, if you're wondering why the dad back, doesn't please. just go back with them to the Great Valley, it's because he's got to take care of the herd of long necks that he is apparently the leader. Which of. is like the closest you can else. be to like president yeah. in the Land Before Time universe is the leader of a herd. But Pappy the Prospector gets invited back to live with them in the Great Valley and they go back to the Great Valley and the movie's over. And then we have a uh, even softer rendition of the soft uh, finale song sung by Olivia Newton-John. Yes. Over the credits. Also true. It's even more morbid. It's like it's like they're 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 saying morning. we're finally gonna fucking beat that we will go on together song from the first movie. We're finally gonna beat it. Huh, I mean, I mean, if you're going to do that, maybe just don't just rip off totally cliffs from the heart. Yeah, pretend it, like you wrote it. Her her version is is even more of like a mourning piece than when the kids sing it. It really just filled me with a sense of I, I felt like I was at the tackiest funeral listening yeah. to that song. Yeah. The second time. This is probably what was playing during the funeral <laughs> in uh, Hereditary. <laughs> anyway, that's the movie. Uh, Drew, what are your final thoughts on this film? That friend song is like if the people in Midsommar were QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they would play when you have to jump off the cliff. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? What are your final thoughts on this? It's more emotionally ambitious than most of the others. It's pretty boring. I don't know if it's if it beats movie nine for boring, but it's pretty boring. It's very unintentionally bizarre and creepy. That definitely bizarre and creepy. And the beginning is so dull. Yes, the beginning is almost unwatchable. Yeah. I think nine is more boring. However, I do think that nine 
isn't pretending like it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Like this one gives <laughs> like the implication that, like, oh, maybe something could happen. But number nine is like, no, we're just going to follow a fish for an hour. They really That's are kind of shooting for the moon, pun intended, in this one with, you know, we're going to reveal Littlefoot's father and all the long necks are going to save the world. And it's going to be this big, huge thing. So, like, this is supposed to be, like, a, a big, important Land Before Time movie. But there's so much padding. Like, yeah. they just couldn't think of any scenes, or they just didn't have time, or they weren't able to. It's just so, so slow and yeah. pointless. And that is Land Before Time 10. Now, the great long neck question mark migration. The great parentheses long neck migration. Now, it's time for what we know is your favorite segment, Dino Facts. Because what? Because you're all paleontologists. Because you're all paleontologists now. <laughs> Hi to our new paleontologist fans. Were you expecting this? I'm excited to see our numbers go down after <laughs> this podcast is released and after a lot of tweets are released as well. Dino Facts with Professor Truth Asaurus. <laughs> Uh, so this movie is called The Great Long Neck Migration. So I have a few tidbits uh, to tell you about actual long necks and their actual migrations and how we figured out how they happened. So sauropods, which is the real name of long necked dinosaurs, are known from both bone beds and trackways to have traveled in herds. Uh, they leave very, very long trackways, which clearly show multiple individuals walking alongside one another, going in the same direction, different sizes. So we know that they did actually group together, and we know that they did actually migrate. Um, we know this, oddly enough, because of oxygen isotopes in their teeth. Plants that grow at different altitudes will acquire different oxygen isotopes because the oxygen uh, isotope concentrations are different at different locations. And animals that eat those plants will then pick up those elements in their teeth and they will remain there long enough to be observed uh, as fossils. And so we have found uh, teeth from sauropods, specifically chimerosaurs, in low-lying areas that have oxygen isotopes in the teeth that don't match that area, suggesting that they carried them from a different location. And so what we think happened is that sauropods lived in an area that had a wet season, dry season cycle, and during the dry season, they may not have had access to enough plants in the low-lying areas, and they migrated to higher elevation areas where there would be an abundance of food for them. They ate the plants up there, and then when the season changed again, they moved back down to where they had gone before. So that just goes to show you that sometimes a tiny little thing like analyzing the elements in the teeth can reveal a significant fact about uh, a major area of dinosaur behavior. Awesome. Um, I want to add something to that, if I may, because I had a sleep story. Oh, Dr. Rongodactyl. Night. Yeah, please do. I had the storiest of sleeps the other night, which told me the story of the Great Migration, parentheses, long necks. It's not how it's portrayed in this movie. I know, for the first time ever in this franchise, they got it wrong. They got it wrong, folks. They got it wrong. 
what what really happened? Well, the long necks did travel, like you said, and the long necks did pick up different elements from the food that they ate, such as water, earth, air, fire, and these elements used to live in harmony. That was until the day the flyers attacked. The flyer nation. The flyer nation attacked, and the force, that person, the um, the representation, you can say, of all of the elements, which, as we've seen in this franchise, is a rock. The rock is the savior of all the elements. Oh, I thought you meant Iraq, like the country of Iraq. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Was gone. So without the twin powers of the rock and the tree log, nothing could stop the Flyer Nation from taking over. Until a thousand years later, when it was discovered that the rock was just sleeping underwater and it took some swimmer benders. I mean, swimmers. I don't know why I said swimmer benders, it's stupid. Some swimmers found the rock and trained it in all of the elements that the long necks get from eating plants and that stay in their teeth. And the flyers and the rocks had a standoff. Some of the flyers had become friends of the rocks after they learned that it was really their rock uncles and fathers twisting the knife into them changing their minds and influencing them the way of evil flyer nation. But the rock was a coward and only took away the powers of the father instead of outright killing the father flyer, which is what he should have done. It was very stupid and I don't know why it didn't fucking happen. But the point is, is that the rock and the swimmer did fuck and they had a baby that's like part like a Rhydon, I guess, from Pokemon, like a rock animal of some kind. Or maybe like one of those rock fish Pokemon. Maybe it's one of those, like those flat fish that you find at the bottom of the ocean with the weird faces. I think that was what their kid was. Oh, baby uh, whale? Baby whale. I mean, none of this matters because they all die from a big meteor and then it's all gone. But that is the story of the Great Long Neck Migration. A baby freaking whale. A baby well, freaking whale. Well, uh, Doctor, I, I will be eagerly uh, looking forward to your next um, published, uh, not peer-reviewed journal in which you base all your theories on uh, the events of The Legend of Korra. The Legend of Koran. You didn't pronounce it correctly. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, so that was our science segment. Um <laughs> Now it's time for the question that you've all been waiting for. Wait, wait, are we getting canceled? Is that, <laughs> is that the question? No, it's not. What is the question? Drew. Yeah. What is your favorite dinosaur? Don't just say the same three dinosaurs that everybody else says. You could say the same three dinosaurs. Wait, there are three that everyone says? Okay, Drew. Yeah. What is your favorite dinosaur? You're leading him. Just ask him a normal. F- I, you know, right. I like, <laughs> I like the guys that Spike is. Stegosaurus. Yeah, the big dumb guys. The big. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like my that big is, himbo dinosaurs. That is an accurate. Uh, that is an accurate. They're nice. They're nice. They're dumb. They're big. Yeah. Everybody loves them. Himbosaurus. Well, what? why? What? Why? Why do you ask? Because oh, we ask all our guests that. Question. Oh. We ask every question, yeah, what your favorite dinosaur is. Well, okay, yeah. You, yeah. S- you said you listened to the podcast, Himbo- Drew. <laughs> Himbosauruses. Drew, have you not listened favorite. to the podcast? Are of course you fuck- I've listened are you to the lying podcast. to us? I put it on. You're our roommate. You live with us, Drew. I put the show on when I'm going to sleep, and so I usually miss the Oh, ends. because it's so stimulating. Is that what's going on? You're like, oh, I need something to just bore the fuck out of me so I can go to bed. I put on Lamb Before Timeland. I'm a cool professional producer, and I'm good at my job. You know what? I like to listen to a podcast that I like 
when I'm because it let it it just helps me to I don't know you know what I'm gonna help you out what we have relaxing tones of voice yes okay Drew thank yeah. you so much for being on the podcast do you have anything you'd like to plug uh yeah definitely listen to Fuckboy Book Club uh, I know your listeners are familiar with uh, my co-host Aaron and uh, do check out my other work my other work is at uh, Tunes and Tumblers which I do for Atwood Magazine it's a music and mixed drinks podcast so listen to that if you're 21 and up and i'm uh very soon we'll be releasing the uh, podcast connected to the locust review dot com magazine with alexander billet and uh the the editorial staff the locust review and those are my current uh projects going and on i think now. you're um, also working on season two of liberty flyer with chris we sure are yeah season two of liberty flyer is coming yep that that project uh soldiers on COVID has delayed it because it's hard for us to record in person with actors the way we prefer to uh, under such circumstances, but eventually the Liberty Flyer will fly again. Very cool. Um, And with that, thank everyone so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, Please check us out on the social media. We have a Facebook account, Slash Land Before Timeland. We have a Twitter, at LBTL Podcast. Send us a comment. You know, rate, review... Leave a review, leave a written review on whatever podcast platform that you listen to this to. It really, really does help. Uh, if you really True, like the does. podcast, you can check us out on Patreon slash Land Before Timeland, like most of the other ones. And if you donate $5 a month, you get access to an exclusive Patreon-only podcast where we talk about the TV show, the Land Before Time TV show. What a country. We have gone through a bunch of them, and it's some of my favorite stuff that we've recorded. Uh, yeah, it's really good. It's It's definitely worth it. And there are other tier levels as well, so be sure to check that out. And we have also started streaming. We are now doing weekly streams where we play the Land Before Time games. The streams are on twitch.tv slash default underscore studios. Yes, default underscore studios. If you look up Twitch TV and default studios, you should be able to find it. And um, yeah, if you like the podcast again, let us know what you like. If you dislike, uh, let us know what your favorite movie has been so far, what you liked or disliked about this 10th movie. If there's anything that we missed that you want to kind of talk about, you know, talk about it. Yeah, what 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 was the most bizarre things to us may not have been the most bizarre things to you. Well, Chris, I guess it's time for us to mosey on to our fathers. Uh, sure. Uh, we'll do that. Activating the time portal. Oh, hi everyone. Still listening. Uh, today we're coming to you live from a pitch black pocket dimension in order to hide from our intergalactic enemies, the Chuts. Yeah, New York is a pretty toxic place. Um, speaking of toxic, this is our 10th episode of Land Before Time Land, and we thought it'd be fun to do a little clip show, look back at some of the classic moments from the, the season so far. Right, everyone loves clip shows, is what we thought when we decided this. So we figured let's give the people what they want, which is rehashes of things they've already heard before. Uh, Chris, what are you, what are some of your favorite memories from past episodes of the podcast? You know, I'm, I'm really fond of episode two when we first said our catchphrase, eggs. Eggs, yes. Who can forget uh, our classic uh, soundbite that we use all the time? Uh, let's play that clip. Chris, I'm telling you, nobody has ever eaten eggs before. And 
ever. It's like it, it's like an absolutely normal thing. How do you not know this? No, that you don't get Chris. No. Nobody has ever eaten eggs before. I ate eggs literally yesterday. Chris, I got no. I got an egg McMuffin Chris, thing. Chris, Chris, you're not listening to me. I no am, one though. has ever eaten eggs before. That do you mean like literally? Chris, shut up. Shut up. Listen to me. Are you listening to me? I think you need to go to the hospital. Nobody has ever eaten eggs before. Dude. Ever. Dude. Boy, that was a silly part of that movie, wasn't it? It sure was. Remember when we were trying to record our podcast and then the uh, the podcast man, uh, mascot, uh, Whiskers, the cat, kept coming in? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we, we've got a cat here, and every time he comes into the room, he just completely steals the show yeah let's uh let's go back and uh check out that adorable episode so i i really think that the scene with sarah highlights the fundamental oh, wait, contradiction chris I'm, I'm sorry but um uh whiskers is is brushing oh, up against my is. foot here and i can't i can't stop looking at it oh, it's just so you know, cute uh l- listener this is listeners at home this is basically meaningless to you because you can't see the cat hear the cat or anything it it might just in like we just stopped the podcast for no reason to talk about this cat. But seriously, which, this is the most adorable cat you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, you know, in your life. it's it's so great. Oh like, my god! And we have to talk about it. We can't just stop uh, the podcast or edit any of this hey, content out. Hey, whiskers, hey buddy, how yeah, you doing? There's something that we all know that people oh, just oh, love hang on, hearing hang on. about other people's cats, especially when they can't see them. He's purring. I'm gonna put the mic up to his mouth. Uh, now, no, he's not purring. No, now anymore. he's he's going no, on. on. Now he's scr- he's scratching on this. You're just gonna have to take our word for it's, it. It's 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 great. Oh yeah, the the silly adventures Mr. Whiskers get it gets into. On, uh, on the always podcast. always hijacking the show. Oh man, remember uh, when one of our guests um, died uh, while recording the podcast? Oh yeah, and then uh, came back as a ghost uh, to finish the podcast. What a consummate professional! I know, absolutely, just in awe of of that person's dedication. <laughs> So, Sarah, thank you so much for uh, coming back. We know that it, it was a little difficult for you to um, uh, talk about the last uh, 20 or 30 minutes of this movie since um, you uh, passed out after inhaling a uh, box of toothpicks in a freak accident. You know, I think Mr. Threehorn's problem was that his parents didn't love him as much as he needed to be loved. I mean, maybe in Michigan I could see that happening, but not in every state. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess just mountains in Land Before Time universe just look like dinosaurs. This is how they're formed. Who are you talking to? Yeah, that was... um, that was a fun time. You um, wouldn't look at me for a week after that. Uh, hey, remember that time that we uh, we uh, didn't record the podcast because there was a problem with the Tazcam? Bye. <laughs> 
Well, anyway, this has been a really exciting, fun 10-episode special. I am really grateful to all of our viewers and listeners at home that have enjoyed this podcast. And Oh, if- oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Whiskers is back. Oh, my God. Whiskers. Oh, my God. Hang on. Whiskers always jumps up onto the sink in the bathroom and, like, tries to drink water out of the faucet while it's running. I'm going to go in there with the recorder. Hang on. Hey, wait a minute. Somebody. Somebody's in the bathroom. Already. You hear that? There's footsteps. Oh, my God. It's Sparky. This land was made for time and land. 